What's up? My name is Josh, and thanks for checking out the GT Young Adults Podcast. We're a community from GT Church in Victoria, BC. We love Jesus, and we have a passion to learn, grow, and live like Him and have a ton of fun doing it. All the messages and conversations you'll find here will point you to His truth and His hope. So lean in to whatever God wants to speak to you today. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Well, hey, everyone, it's Lucas here. I'm actually, uh, it's not a sermon today on the podcast. We have, we're having a conversation. We're having convos with different people in your community who, uh, who know you, who, who you know. And uh, the goal today is just to have some fun, to uh, do a bit of a deep dive with a good friend, Delmar. Delmar, thanks for being here, man. Yo, thank you for having me. Many of you guys know Delmar. He uh, taught some classes before we kind of had some new restrictions come in. Uh, how did that actually just, how did the class go? I mean, like this is the most awkward question ever being like, how good did you teach? But like, you know, you, you taught on basically Bible 101. We came out of a series where we ended with like how important the Bible is. I don't know. Just how did it go? You enjoy it? You have fun? Like it was, people came, lots of people came. You had like 18, 20 people showing up before, before church. It was awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, first and foremost, that definitely felt like an honor not having stepped into anything like that before mm -hmm. and having whatever it was for three out of the four, having about 18 people show up or 20. That was such a privilege. Um, and funny enough, um, realistically, if you want to ask, if you want to know how it went, probably <laughs> right. ask one of those 18. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they have a better sense. Um, I loved it. I loved the opportunity to be up there. I loved to... to um, just speak about that stuff to speak about the Bible, you know, the yeah. way that it kind of makes sense and the way, um, trying to make sense of the way that we approach it and are called to approach it, um, and can try to make sense of it today. Mm. Um, honestly, my favorite one out of the four was the time when I think five people showed up and it was so nice cause it went from like 20 people, 20 people, five people <laughs> and that, and funny enough, that was when, um, that was when I was talking about the new Testament. And mm. so bless the folks who showed up because right. they were game and particularly shout out to Cassie who after we mm. got to 30 minutes, which was supposed to be the cap and I had gone only like halfway through my notes, right. she just looks around and goes like, well, I, like I'm not serving. Are you guys serving? Like, let's just keep going. Yeah, totally. And so they just like very graciously let me basically preach Jesus for another like oh 30 gosh. minutes. So it was, good. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Shout out to Cassie who's a part of our community and serves and just, just such a gem but Absolutely. dude like that's that's good and i like honestly we we want to continue to help foster growth knowledge understanding and yeah. so whether it be in our teaching or not and so even in this podcast whoever wants to listen however many people listen like the goal is growth and depth and nuanced conversation because i think we lack that right now mm. i like preaching but that's a one-way conversation and so I appreciate people who listen and encourage, but this is helpful. And so we want to have more guests, uh, more people, more backgrounds, more different perspectives as we talk about in-depth things kind of regarding probably the sermon series we're in. I have some funny stuff. Stay tuned for a segment later on uh, regarding millennials called the Millennial Minute. We're going to take a couple news articles. I just think the millennial term is thrown into everything. No, and, and, and there's a lot of, I don't know, just what's the word I'm looking for? Like they're just getting like lambasted out there. Like, I'm a millennial and I just feel like there's a lot of uh, titles and things put on us, stereotypes, if you will, mm. not always true. Some of it is, and we want to just push it aside. So we'll talk about that. And then Delmar's going to shout some wisdom at the end of this time. So thanks again for tuning in. Delmar, we're in a series all on the Sermon on the Mount. We just kicked it off. I can honestly tell you, I've, I've been a professing Christian, I would say for, 
um, let me, I want to say like really solidly, like 14, 15 years, grew up in the Christian house and all that. Heard the, the Sermon on the Mount in so many variations of children's stories. I'm sure a lot of the listeners, they've grown up with things like love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. They've grown up with things like you're the, like salt and light. Um, they've, they've grown up with things like, I don't know, don't even have hate in your heart, right? Like all these pieces, like the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be thy name, right? Mm-hmm. Like they've heard these things. I have recently read the Sermon on the Mount a few times over as we were preparing for this series. I've thought a lot about it. I can truthfully tell you this recent study of the Sermon on the Mount, as I've been through it now a few times, has absolutely rocked my soul. Mm. I think for the first time ever, I'm truly asking questions like, is it is it truly okay for a Christian to sue someone? Like that kind of comes up. Like, is it truly okay for me to hold hate in my heart towards another person? Like when you understand grace, is it okay to be like, yeah, I can hate, hate them. And I, I haven't, I'm not saying I've had a crazy traumatic childhood. Like I don't know the pain people go through. And so I'm just looking at things like giving to the needy. I'm looking at scripture that talks about fasting. I'm looking at the scripture that talks about, don't even think about going to your neighbor with a problem until you've gone to Jesus first. Like, or even how he talks about how horizontal relationships like you and me can affect my relationship with God. Like this Sermon on the Mount is just blowing my mind. But here's what I want to say. I preface all that with classic pastor, get it, you know, the Bible's blowing his mind. I know you love the Bible. And so for you, like you're taking your master's in theology. So for you and me to sit here and talk about how the Sermon on the Mount is totally like (laughs) rocking my soul. I think for some people it's like, okay, next, you know, like I don't even care, whatever. For you, like, I guess my, my thought or my question or the conversation I have is like, are what is it about the Bible and the words of Jesus that sometimes feel like just mundane? Uh, we've read it enough times. Like why would people rather go to the Instagram or the podcast or the new whatever episode of whatever thing they're listening to then open the word of God and try and receive something? Is it just challenging texts? Like do we just lack that much understanding? So I don't want to take from your course. I just around the Bible, like sermon is changing my heart, man. Like, mm-hmm. why do you think people, I feel like I get up there to preach it and, I, and some people are in it and some people I feel like they've heard this before and they don't want to hear it again. Like, is, there just, is there just a challenge that I miss being such in a bubble as a pastor? Oh man. Um, as a starting point, I don't, specifically about the Sermon on the Mount, I am not confident that I'm the right person to ask. Um, but I asked you, so yeah. you need to, no, just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm with you, man. And at the end of the day, that's like, that's exactly the same, like heart and passion behind, like that I have for teaching classes. Mm. Right. And ultimately it's just trying to make sense of the way that we understand ourselves as Christians, our own walks as Christians and how God's word makes sense in the world, especially since like, what's it called? It, it, in many ways it's an extraordinarily attractive world Mm. you know and parsing out and making sense of the way that the christian walk and that the words of jesus christ make sense within that is complicated it's a lot of work Mm -hmm. especially since if we're going to be talking about um our context and our culture um we have to recognize in one way or another that 
it has really complicated roots with Christianity, right? Mm. It's not so easy as going like, okay, well, Christianity is looks like X, Y, and Z typically to us, and the culture looks like A, B, and C, and there's this distinct line that is very clear to anybody, right. and thereby you do X, Y, Z, and you avoid A, B, C, and then you're golden, right? Mm. Like so much of modern influence is so wrapped up in our especially protestant christian history right that it requires discernment surprise surprise D yeah you know um and so how yeah. how man yeah how do we get how do we communicate the gospel and specifically the sermon on the mount in a way that really connects with people sheesh um hard that's tough i it uh, is hard and that's that's the question i don't, like it's not even needs to be answered but I, I just i just when i talk to you i you have you have an affinity for the word of god you, yeah. you chose to study it for a, yeah. kind of a profession um i i tell me walk walk listeners through and like your process of um reading the word maybe maybe just being a little more practical even too because people like i kind of like what you're saying you're saying like we have modern and then we, like day and we have ancient time ancient ancient book modern living <laughs> yeah. how do those come together right so that's part of it right we have to sift through you talked about work and i think that's important to understand like surprise surprise this is gonna this can take some effort mm. i even mentioned this week in our sermon like you version's great but I, I, there's another app called the logos bible app that helps you understand the greek or the hebrew or whatever it is or even the aramaic like the like where these words derive from and like the actual original intent and context yeah. for yourself what is your just like What's Delmar's Bible reading plan look like? Do you wake up? Is it every morning? Is it at night? Is it different than that? How do you um, stay a creature of the word? I like that terminology. Mm -hmm. And and someone who, how do you stay enjoying the word? Does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah. No, those are really good questions. Um, to be honest, I've, I've been really challenged uh, in this, even just yesterday, listening to a podcast that we have already talked about mm. with Tyler Stadden. Yeah, and that, tell them, tell them what it is. Like, yeah. Um, so, off of the Canadian Church Leaders podcast, mm -hmm. um, it was an interview that the host did with a dude named Tyler Stadden. Uh, he's a pastor now at Bridge Turn Bridge what Bridgetown Church, I think. Bridgetown Portland. Church. Yeah. There we go. Um, and um one of the things that really got me that he was talking about was really just practically speaking like the the way that he goes about his prayer life um and that hit me as good as it did in good part off of the back of having a pretty like transformative experience listening to um tim keller talk about prayer right um this was a couple of years ago for me and just really being like hit by the holy spirit about the like the role that prayer plays in our walks and if we're going to be talking about christianity as a relationship in one way or another like prayer is the heart of that is it not mm. you know it's like saying it's like the the communicating um and it's setting time aside to really just communicate with god in one yeah. way or another at its most basic right. right um and that can look like a whole bunch of different ways but if that personal aspect isn't there then we're not talking about a personal relationship we're talking about something different maybe a more abstract relationship and that kind of relationship is far less fulfilling. It is yeah. far more fragile. Mm. Um, and so what is my, what is my reading of the word look like? Like oh, really practically. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like how people like just, cause I think sometimes learning different practices is really totally. intriguing and helpful for people. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. Um, 
to be honest, these days it usually is waking up with my wife um, and we make a pot of coffee. Uh, we split the pot of coffee and then we just sit down on the mm -hmm. couch and she does her devotions and I do my devotions. Stop. Bible, devotional book. Ah. What's morning look like? Like, for, yeah. Yeah. For me, it's, uh, it's the Bible. Um, do you pick a certain book yeah. that you stay in? Do you f like literally flip a page and look at that? I'm in <laughs> the Galatians today. Pick. The flick yeah. and pick, right? <laughs> no. Not talking. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I cannot tell you how many times I have laughed with my mom and encouraged her not to do flick and pick because <laughs> she is such a stubborn flick and picker. <laughs> <laughs> well, you flick and pick and next thing you know, you're reading like Jebediah, son of Jehokim, sure. son of, and daughter of, and you just got 19 pages of names. Dude, also not to mention, it just goes right alongside this. Like, let's just take, like, not, let's not engage with the richness of context. Let's mm. not engage with, like, this whole thing as it presents itself. And let's just challenge God to speak to me directly and take everything else out of the picture. Right. It's like, yeah, that has its places for sure. But we're kind of told. You're saying it's a bit lazy. Like, there's, you have this rich book in front of you and you're going to just happen chance the, your way through it kind of, yeah i get that that's that's smart for sure like i i think the place that it holds is when we are like you know like it's a challenge to god basically mm -hmm. right we're going like i'm gonna do this random thing and i'm gonna look at this thing and i'm expecting you to show up in whatever way right yeah. you i just need you to show up and there's times in our lives when it's like we are at a point and we feel as desperate as we do and just crying out and reaching out in one way or mm -hmm. another in a real way from where we feel like we can super important right for a daily practice, not the best. Right. You know. So you you you're saying Bible. You're in one book. Bible. Or you're different every day. What do you do? Man, I to me, um, I am. Uh, discipline is not my strength. Okay. And so usually I will. Should I stop you for a second? Yeah, sure. I think that's important for people to hear. I think a lot of people think, well, it's just a discipline I have to do. If I can work out three times a week, mm. if I can eat this food, not that food, if like there's other disciplines, we often studying for class, I show up to work on time and we can almost feel, I just want to say this ashamed of mm. our lack of discipline when it comes to the word of God. I want to encourage those who may listen right now to not, do not let any sort of lie or trick of the enemy. That sounds super spiritual and pastoral. And that's because it kind of is. Mm -hmm. Don't let any lie seep into your mind right now. Um, discipline is formed over many years. Yeah. We grow in it, we get better at it, and we can get worse at it, but we need to, you know, strive in the ways you can, let the grace of Jesus like help you there. Do not feel bad if you lack discipline in this place. Um, it's okay to not be great at this, but it's yeah. not okay to stay that way. And mm -hmm. I just wanna encourage those people who are listening to not feel ashamed, to not let the enemy have a foothold in their mind, in their heart. Uh, Delmar, who is one of the smartest, wisest guys I know, just said, recorded, will always be there. <laughs> That he, that discipline isn't his strong suit and he loves the word. So it can happen. So I just wanted to yeah, stop you there. Dude, it's important for no. me that people feel that. Shoot, um, man, man. Discipline, not your strong suit. Yeah. So keep going. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. No. We've gotten only the Bible. It's good Go. stuff, man. It's good stuff. Um, what is it? Um, so I will usually pick a couple of different, um, a couple of different books that I'll go through. Okay. Um, and I kind of flip through them a little bit depending on where I'm at in my season and mm. I'll pick them according to typically it's kind of felt needs. Mm. Um, one of them usually will be the Psalms. Um, Beautiful. Totally. Yeah. Like uh, praying through the Psalms. I think that has been a really important part of my prayer walk and my devotional walk. 
Um, and even as speaking about practical tools to use, um, taken from uh, Tim Keller, he referenced a tool that Martin Luther came up with, which was really asking, I think it was four questions, and I might not get this right, but reading through a psalm and reading through it, asking, what is this teaching? Um, what, uh, what is it? What is this teaching? Um, how is this glorifying God? Um, what should I like, what is this showing me that I should repent of? And how, what do I need from God? Right. Mm. And so you've got praise in there. You've got asking about the text and what it's saying in particular. You've got your own culpability. Um, and you have the recognition that God is the one who gives you everything. And so you can rightly show up to the table and recognize that you have lack that you aren't showing up in the ways that you know that you're called to. Um, but God covers that and his grace is so good. And he doesn't tell us to, really to what's it called. Um, he, he tells us to ask him when we need anything. So right. like, even coming back to the discipline thing. Well, and that's in the Sermon on the Mount, right? Ask, seek, knock. Like, exactly. You're, you're bang on. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, even coming back to the discipline thing, like, shoot, yeah, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And if you feel like you don't have discipline, what do you do? You grit it out, you tight your hands, and you mm. just try to do it better next time. No, you start by asking God for help. Yes. And you actually believe that he, like, you can take him at his word and it's that really he good. will help you, you know? Because we do have a lot of, and this is, again, fight that stereotype. Millennials are lazy. Gen Z are lazy. No, actually, mm. they will grind things out to the point of exhaustion and burnout, right? Yeah. Like, and we don't, you don't definitely know, that is the worst place to be with the Bible. Dude. I would almost say that's worse than feeling a lack of energy towards it mm. because then you like, there's a bitterness towards it. And I just, I want to fight that. I like where you're saying praise, asking more personal. And then there's like a God awareness of all those pieces. And I wonder if that's even the key to it, like recognizing your need for it. Mm. Not that you're going to be perfect at it all the time, but just recognizing like, I need this word yeah. because there's seasons prayer is difficult for me. That's right. A pastor just said that. Like there's seasons that like this, you know, and so it's almost like it's got to become a little bit like food where where sure. it's like I know I need it. It is important. Um, I may skip a meal by accident. I may forget this. I may not eat the best meal. But like there is something there's rich here that I need to I do need to sink my teeth into. I really like what you said about this season. And I think, too, that's helpful for people. Mm. Um, I like that you just straight up was like, I love the Psalms. I think there's almost this, again, there's shame that I'm not reading different stuff. I should really tackle Job. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should listen to a podcast on it or like let a, like listen to a sermon series on it. Maybe the best place for you to be is, I, I love the book of John. People know this about me. I have to get into the gospels. Mm. Um, it's just really powerful, powerful for me. I wanna challenge those people who are listening. Find what works for you. Ask what kind of season you're in what like what speaks to you like if you're a creative person and like writing a bunch of notes isn't like or like putting out your bible and like you know i'm going to read verses one through five and i'm going to do my <laughs> soap soap is a very popular tactic if you will so there's scripture observation right. application and prayer right. if that's if you're an a-type personality and you want to have a journal that has soap on the left side of the margin and you want to read through and do that every day awesome yeah if you're a creative person i know somebody who who reads reads the reads the bible reads four or five verses and then draws a picture hmm. and they they just 
they just meditate and they draw because they are they're just creative and artistic mm -hmm. i know some people they have to start with worship music and they just read one verse and they let that verse just like literally soak if you are the big mm -hmm. christian term soak for a week however you are wired let that like use that and leverage that i think when you're reading the bible that'd be my my encouragement to people i like what you're saying like i'm kind of this way i like this way i have a journal bible that i know i have to i need to write stuff in the margins because i'm always asking questions mm -hmm. i'm always saying when i preach underline circle like mess up your bible make it yours mm -hmm. and again we we just want to encourage you that there is richness there i think that's what i'm keep hearing from you Domar. is like there's richness there like we should we should get after it Definitely. Let's take a brief pit stop here and go to my new favorite segment, the millennial moment. I don't know why I got so excited about this. I think Delmar is not excited to do it. I just Googled millennial news and then I added funny and then I added sad. And so I just found two articles <laughs> and I just want your perspective. You are a millennial. Yep. I am a millennial. Yep. Some of our listeners are millennials. Some of them are Gen Z's who we're still friends with, but there's just some funny, some funny stuff here. So I'm gonna start with the funny one okay. because it will by. It says, sorry, millennials. Okay. This is, um, msn.com take or leave it. I don't care. It's the first one that popped up and it says, sorry, millennials, but you're already out of touch. Gen Z uses emojis in a fresh new way. Oh, spicy. True or false. Dude. I, my emoji game is so bad, 100% that's, <laughs> that's true, true in my life. <laughs> oh, man. And it, the first line is, as if millennials needed more to worry about. Like, <laughs> oh, great. They hate us. They literally hate us. So I didn't know this. Like, there's all sorts of funny things. Like, emojis mean different things. Like, there's there's a whole sexual side to it. Mm. Didn't know. Uh, don't really know. I love that, like, it's funny, like, like a skull, like, mean, like dead, meaning RSIP, like, so funny I'm dead, like, yeah. that sort of idea. That's funny to me. Um, like, I just think emojis are kind of weird. For sure. And I also like to use them. <laughs> yeah. But because I'm a dad of three and I feel a little old, I feel like a loser using them, you know? Yeah, do you, yeah. you, so you don't use emojis at all. Dude. But you do those other weird things where you, like, backslash, backslash, <laughs> yeah, wink, like parentheses and it makes like this cool guy going like hello yeah what's uh, that called i to be honest i don't know if it has uh i don't know if it has a more like proper name i just call them japanese emojis japanese okay <laughs> is that the is that the right name no idea. we don't know gotcha <laughs> no. um i think the takeaway here is that gen z's don't like to to use words not that millennials don't like to use, nice. right? Like if we, if I can spin this to make myself feel better in this moment, <laughs> no, no. it would be to make the Gen Z feel, feel worse about themselves. <laughs> Not to pit them because I'm just insecure millennial and I need this. Um, you know what I mean? Like I Dude. think, have you talked, like a conversation with a Gen Z, when it goes well, you're like, that was refreshing. Because sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I do feel like millennials can hold more convo. Are you a, are you, are you a texter or a caller? Oh man. Um, case. Okay. Uh, texter or caller usually a texter and often in a way that I'm not a big fan of right <laughs> you know what I mean like I didn't you just get upgrade from like an iPhone 3s or something a 3s uh, basically <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know Delmore now has an iPhone 6 that he's very excited about so. very excited about praise God <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, man it's funny I don't know if, yeah I, I I think emojis are in but I, I don't know how to use them. You sound like you don't know how to use them. Dude, no, not at all. I, what's it called? If I could, uh, what's it called? If I could make one comment that I think Please. is maybe interesting. Um, if that's true, if Gen Zs are more, uh, what's if they're better with emojis and if millennials are 
better or more inclined to just use text. Um, interesting to think about what that has to say about interest in words and interest in images. Right. You know? Ah, uh, interesting. Um, and yeah. the role that like images and symbols altogether play in communication and kind of the, you know, like the color and the ambiguity and the like typically the lack of precision or let's say the connotation over the denotation mm. as opposed to words, which are typically more precise. Interesting. Um, and I think, I don't know, just taking a little bit of time considering the role that symbols play in a worldview and in, you know, a, really like good. our everyday life. I wonder if that is a, what's it called? If that is something that speaks to the difference in the two generations a little bit more broadly. I think you're absolutely right. And I, I appreciate you going a little more philosophical with the, with the idea because it's true. You're hitting something ahead. I'll never forget when Hillsong Young and Free came here, oh, gotta be like six, seven years ago now. Mm. And they insisted, insisted that, I, I could be wrong exactly how this went. So I don't want you know, to get in trouble here, but the subs had to be on the floor and the imagery and the screens had to be lowered. And it was mm. so that because they understood that a younger age needed closer imagery, they would say, and they wanted to feel the bass hit throughout the ground. Wow. They needed to feel that like pulse. And it, it was a very interesting way of them realizing like what speaks to us in an emotional way mm. and then what will maybe actually help us focus in more in a spiritual way. And so I appreciated it. I thought it was cool just to tie into what you're saying, like Dude. images, images, excuse me, words, they speak differently to different generations. And I think it's an important thing to be aware of. And I appreciate that thought. Mm. Uh, second one, millennial minute, uh, real quick. The Washington times says this, the age of the, this is just the title. In, we're in, we are in the age of vindictive and bitter millennials. Ooh. Gen Y has grown bitter, happy to cancel anyone who crosses any dogma that they don't agree with. Thoughts, opinion, just on the title. That's all I'm giving you. I give you title. You give me opinion. <laughs> Super, like this is super triggering or slash like yeah. you could get yourself in trouble probably. Dude. But basically, I think the idea is that we're bitter and we yeah. we want to cancel anyone. We are mad at the world and we're trying to fight back. What are your thoughts? Do I feel that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's it called? Not to necessarily go to a place that's not like as lighthearted as this uh, millennial minute is. But holy smokes, like in my own life for sure going through a season of bitterness and still kind of uh what's it called um feeling like being in a tunnel and knowing mm. uh that there's light at the end of the tunnel but not being able to see it for like years and then god coming in in the ways that he does and going like cool here's the light at the end of the tunnel you're still in the tunnel yeah. and the light is still up ahead right. walking that out is i think something that a lot of people my age and our age have experienced and or are experiencing and man um i can't help but it's like speaking of you know coming back to language of like worldviews yeah. and the way that we talk about the bible i can't help but think about that in terms of um a lot of where it sort of feels like the western world is at and knowing that the western world is very uniquely um built off of it's a secular world right right and so 100 we are the first culture in history to not have a like fundamental base it's there's right. no room for like that judeo-christian worldview that yeah. led led the west if you will for many years is no longer there they're saying we're no longer post modern we're now post-christian mm -hmm. right is that what you're getting at like in part i think that base is gone 
Yeah, that's yeah. speaking to the base in particular and the things that are at the absolute center of it. So obviously, you know, talking about purpose, what is the meaning of life? What is it that we're doing? Why are we here? These things that are so, so, so fundamental, the, like the modern worldview does not have answers for that. It basically goes, you can figure that out on your own, in your own private life. Um, but we're going to focus on the really like the practical and sort of effective or efficient things. Hmm. Um, this is super generally speaking. Obviously, no, I, this is an extraordinarily but complicated. You know, it, yeah, it is. And this is an opinion article. Like it's the Washington Times. Uh, looks like Mark. <laughs> I can't pronounce the last name. It, it came out today. It's it's just a, it's yeah. an opinion article. And I think that's important for people to know. This isn't right. like some sweeping statement with statistics. Totally. Uh, it is a guy who read a book. It says, that's he says, that's what I said in my new book. He says, the dumbest generation grows up, referring to millennials. Hmm. From stupefied youth to now dangerous adults, millennials are now in their mid-20s and 30s. They've grown bitter, unforgiving, happy to cancel anyone where they got that headline. Yeah. And he, uh, he says 14 years ago, as teens, teens dove into games, text, and social media and the digital age. And he actually references the digital age being kind of our demise, I think. And I do think he's not necessarily wrong that the digital age both helped and hurt. Yeah. But so does so many things. And I just... I think you're, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Delmar, but you are onto something that I, I agree with the idea. Like, yeah, I see that. I see vindictiveness. I see bitterness. I think we're also dealing with a generation that was given a lot of material things, mm. but not maybe emotionally supported in the same way. I think our parents wanted so badly to give us the material possessions that they, many of them didn't have. Not all everyone. Mm. I don't know everyone's background. My family didn't have a ton of materialistic things growing up. And I think my parents wanted to give me everything possible materialistically in a, in a healthy way. Like I want you to play sports and I want you to go on that trip and I want you to feel, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think now we have found ourselves like deeply ingrained in culture and in a secular society. Mm. And it's speaking to us louder than we really can even re recognize. We're yeah. not that aware of it. And it's, it, we ha but I mean, it, this has been a big thing I've been preaching. And I know we say a lot, like the culture feels like it's counter discipling us, yeah. which is scary thing to say, because I want us to be people who are part of our culture and change the culture and work in that culture and love and love our people and love people. So it's a hard one. It's a tough one. So overall, you're saying, yeah, I agree with the title. Uh, it's a big conversation that takes longer <laughs> than one minute, clearly. Yeah, yeah basically. Um, yeah. Delmar, as we closed uh, the first conversational podcast for DT Young Adults. Uh, I love to just for you to speak because I get to speak all the time. Uh, as someone as who, who, who is a peer to many who will listen, who is someone who our community just looks up to in many ways. What's one thing God has been teaching you? Mm. Um, maybe changing in you, transforming in you, discipling you in, and 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 how, I would just love for you to take that moment, express that, and encourage our our um, our listeners to to also feel challenged in that. Mm. it's nice to hear things that people are being challenged in right it gives us perspective so please share for sure um i find that um the season that god takes me through there will often be like let's say like a big word under which smaller words kind of fit in and those are always easier to see clearly retrospectively mm. um but the Holy Spirit for sure in my life has come in and spoken those in like poignant and significant ways. Um, this last while for me, which has been a, probably like a year, year and a half, um, 
the like big f- the big one the like big word it has just very straightforwardly just been faith hmm. um i have definitely found um that like the centrality of faith what it actually means to to live that out of course that's something that we'll be wrestling with and figuring out for our entire lives as christians right, right? um but i went through a time for sure trying to understand it a little bit more like cognitively you know what mm-hmm. i mean how does faith make sense of the world and considering faith as uh where super quickly speaking i'll try to be really quick um i found that the way that made the most sense to me and has to do with basically faith being a really like broad sense of trust ultimately right right and how when we look at our own worlds and our own lives what are the things that we care the most about mm-hmm. but relationships mm-hmm. and what is the guiding like i've heard it said as like the currency of relationships it's trust right they all operate on the same principle mm-hmm. and so to think that our world would not be oriented around the same thing that really undergirds the things that we care the most about makes the most sense to me right you know right and so from that point basically god going like okay sweet so what are the implications of that you know what i mean right. like so when i say these things like the sermon on the mount these really like sometimes bizarre sometimes inc- right like all yeah. of them are incredibly challenging taken yeah. seriously um what does that actually mean for you to walk out in your personal life like I find it super easy to just abstract things and to think about them like conceptually and then to basically zoom down to earth and then go, okay, cool. Now I'll live the rest of my day. You know what I mean? And to treat it like it's this weird dichotomy, but integrating those two is I think a huge part of the Christian walk. Um, It's been a huge part of my walk. And so faith has really been the like, sweet. So what voice are you going to trust today? You know, Mm. are you going to trust those feelings of insecurity or the, that fear that has been embedded in there for quite a quite a while that pretty easily masquerades as these other whatever it is, you know, like even something as basic as like spending 30 minutes just doom scrolling on Instagram, right. you know, like where does that come from? What are the motivations behind that? Right. If it's like, is that faith? You know what I mean? Mm. Where is God's role in that? Where is he being glorified? And if he's not, why are you doing this? Why am I doing this? And is that valuable? Is that something that I want to do? Um, and so, man, it's something that obviously covers both the really like personal sides, the like really comforting and the really like leaning into those those words of comfort that are, you know, true. Jesus Christ yeah. dying for us out of love. The fact that he's carved out a place for us very specifically each one of us individually that he knows everything that we've done that he covers over everything with his blood and on in the same hand really um being challenged intensely to live the life that he's called us to which is extraordinarily radical absolutely um, it is it is radical faith faith is trust yeah. trust him trusting him is better than trusting anything else definitely and you live that out i appreciate that so much about you that you you and and aubrey and your guys relationship and how you come and you serve and so well take it take it where you go you can trust the lord today young adults we so believe that we want that for you thanks so much for tuning in for listening we hope this blesses you encourages you we'll see you sunday or hopefully sometime really soon thanks delmar thank you